0: Welcome to the Southcrest Live Podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Christmas is about the story of Jesus. I want to read a couple of different passages today. One found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, where the angel was assuring Joseph that everything was okay, even though Mary was with child. But when he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And then in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, the angel is speaking to Mary. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. chapter 2, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest, These are the angels. that appeared to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And then in verse 29, Lord, this is Simeon talking. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. All kinds of terminology used today, communication when it comes to Christmas time. And our language has a lot of interesting twists and turns about it. Um, We make up words all the time. There's all the time new words being made up. Uh, It's interesting that the Washington Post style invitational, style invitational, it was at one time a weekly contest where they would take normal words and make a new meaning for them, such as abdicate. Abdicate. It is a verb to give up all hope of ever having a flat stomach. Flabbergasted, an adjective. Appalled over how much weight you have gained. Lymph, L-Y-M-P-H, to walk with a lisp. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee, noun, a person who was coughed upon. Now here's one that's going to get your attention. Flatulence. Here's the new meaning. So now, the emergency vehicle that picks you up after you're run over by a steamroller. Flatulence. Teacher asked a little boy one time, said, can you use a sentence? Can you give me a sentence with the word officiate in it? Officiate. Little boy said, a man got sick from officiate. (laughs) There's you a good southern term. One lady who wasn't real bright was sitting and watching news with her husband when a newscaster said six Brazilian men die in a skydiving accident. She started crying. She said, that's horrible. Her husband said, yeah, it is. It's sad, but they were skydiving, and there's always a risk involved. And she said, I know, but how many is a Brazilian? (laughs) (laughs) And then there are words that don't exist that should Burgerside. You know what burgerside would be? For you guys that are grilling when a hamburger can't take any more torture, it hurls itself through the grill into the coals, <laughs> commits burgerside. Now here's one all of you have done. It's not a word, but it ought to be because you've all done this. Car perpetuation. Carpetpetuation. Car perpetuation. It's when you're vacuuming, you run over a string or a piece of lint at least a dozen times. You reach over, pick it up, look at it, put it back down, and give the vacuum one more chance. <laughs> I told you you'd done it. I knew it. You've also done this one, disconfect. Disconfect. To sterilize a piece of candy you dropped on the floor by blowing on it, assuming it will get rid of the germs. Last one, Phoenicia. No, two more. Ella-celeration. Ella-celeration. It's the mistaken notion that the more you press an elevator button, the faster it will come. (laughs) And then Phoenicia. Phoenicia, the affliction of dialing a phone number and forgetting whom you were calling just as they answer. When it comes to Christmas, there are a lot of words that are used. In fact, it's interesting in the website, website about.com under elementary education. Listen to what that says. this says. This comprehensive Christmas and winter vocabulary word list comprehensive, it said, can be used in the classroom in so many ways, including word walls, word searches, puzzles, hangman, and bingo games, crafts, worksheets, story starters, creative writing banks, and a wide variety of elementary lessons. And then it's got a list of a hundred words that they call it comprehensive, Advent, announcements, bells, blitzer, candles, candy, candy canes, cards, cedar, celebrate, ceremonies, chimney, Christmas cookies, I'll skip down, pumpkin pie, punch, red, green, reindeer, ribbon, Rudolph sacred, sales sauce, Scrooge, and so forth. But there's some words left out. And I'm telling you, you cannot have Christmas in the truest sense of the word and use just these words because there's really no spiritual words in that list so as you think about christmas and you're talking about it and you're communicating about it christmas begins with savior and salvation you're not going to find those words in this list matthew 121 and she will bring forth a son you shall call his name jesus for he will save his people from their sins Uh, Luke 2.11, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, God gave us what we needed. It's interesting the kind of gifts people give. (laughs) I try looking around, you you just you type in a search engine, outrageous gifts. You'll be amazed at what people have actually given. And did you know years ago, American Express had a contest um, to, to, to determine the most outrageous gift that people actually got. They actually received it. Some of the winning entries included a dead cat's ashes, a girdle, a gift certificate to a defunct restaurant, There was also a jar of lint from a person's navel. There's a good idea. But the top prize went to a do-it-yourself mink coat kit. It had a trap, a skinner's knife, and a needle and thread. Now, in case you get some of those gifts that you just don't know what to say, Obviously, you thinking, why did they give me this, and I don't need that? Let me help you out. Here are the top ten things you can say when you receive a gift you don't like. Number ten, hey, there's a gift. <laughs> Number nine, well, well, well. <laughs> Number eight, boy, if I had not recently shot up four sizes, this would fit. <laughs> Number seven, perfect for wearing in the basement. Number six, goodness, I hope this never catches fire. Number five, if the dog buries it, I'll be furious. Number four, I love it, but I fear the jealousy it will inspire. Number three, sadly tomorrow I enter the Federal Witness Protection Program. Number two, to think I got this the year I vowed to give all my gifts to charity. Number one, I really don't deserve this. Listen, let me tell you something. God gave us what we needed he first gave us a Savior, is who we needed. Literally, the Scripture says, he himself shall save his people from their sins. God didn't send a messenger. He didn't send an angel. An angel couldn't save us. At the time, the world, both Jews and Gentiles, were looking for a Savior. The monuments and the inscriptions that archaeologists find have a lot of the word Savior written on it. Sometimes it's ascribed to a Roman Caesar, sometimes to other people. But even though the Jews looked for a Savior coming from Jehovah, they thought he was coming as a military might to overthrow the oppressors and set up the his rule in Jerusalem, that they might rule the world. But God sent a Savior. Donna Patton of Hillsborough, Ohio said, When my brother and sister-in-law were expecting a baby, I asked my four-year-old niece, Justina, what do you want, a baby brother or a baby sister? She said, Aunt Donna, sometimes you just got to take what God gives you. What God gave us was a Savior. one little boy was asked, what do you think about your new sister? And he said, oh, she's all right, but there were a lot of things we needed worse. (laughs) But you know what? There's not anything we needed more than a Savior. Because we had a pandemic in this world called sin. Everybody has it. Everybody's afflicted with it. A mask won't keep it away. There's no vaccine for it. Only the price can be paid for it. And so God sent a Savior. Is who we needed to save the world. That's Christmas. But he also, a Savior brings salvation. It's what we needed. This salvation is from their sins. The, the, the Greek actually writes it this way. He himself will save them away from their sins. We'll take them away. It means to the word sin means to miss the mark, and mankind, people around us, are in their sin and they're dead in their trespasses and sin. In 1992, in Los Angeles County, parking control officer was in their little vehicle. They go around giving parking tickets for people that were illegally parked. And the parking attendant came upon an El Dorado Cadillac illegally parked next to the curb, and it happened to be street sweeping day. The officer dutifully wrote out a ticket. Dutifully wrote out a ticket. Didn't really pay attention to the man sitting in the seat behind the wheel. Just reached in and put a ticket on the dash. Drove away. The driver of the car made no excuses. No argument ensued. The reason was. He'd been shot in the head 12 hours before and was dead, sitting up, slumped a little toward the wheel, but the officer, preoccupied with writing a ticket, didn't even notice that he was dead. I want to tell you, as you go around this city and wherever you're going right now, there are people walking around you who are dead in their trespasses and sin, spiritually speaking. And folks, Listen. There are a lot of people who are going to irritate you right now. But we, what should really catch our attention is not their offenses, but their need. You see, they don't need a citation, they need a Savior. And the way and the reason people act the way they do is because they're dead in their trespasses and sin. They're lost. And the word from, you're saved away from, you're out of your sins. You are seeking a relationship with God. And the only way that you can get there is for the salvation, is for your sin to be paid for through salvation. A lot of cool things happen at Christmas time. Eight or nine years ago in December in Plano, Texas. Hayden Carlo who was 25, was pulled over by a Plano police officer because he had an expired registration. He told the police officer, he said, I, I don't have really, in a re, uh, I, don't, I, have, I had to decide, am I going to renew my registration or feed my kids? He said, I'm guilty. I don't, Have have an excuse for the expired registration, except I can't afford a new one right now. I don't have the money. Officer handed the driver a citation. And when Carlo opened it, there was a $100 bill inside that citation. He broke down and cried, and he he said, what else could I do? And, And that charitable act would have gone unnoticed, except the grandfather moved was moved to contact the department about it, and the officer did not want to be identified, but the department spokesman said that he apparently has a past of doing good deeds even at another post at another police department. How cool would it be for an officer to help you like that? I've never gotten the money. I've always gotten the citation, haven't (laughs) you? But let me also say I deserved every one of them I got to They didn't do anything wrong. But better than being helped that way, I can tell you that God sent Jesus to give us salvation. You see, we have a debt we can't pay. It's called sin. You can't pay it. You can't earn it. You can't earn salvation. You can't pay the price. Only Jesus could do that. So don't forget Savior and salvation are Christmas words. There's also another word. Christmas announces with the word Emmanuel. Now Matthew is emphasizing this when the angel is talking to Joseph. He's saying Emmanuel means that Jesus is God. God is with us. That is the word Emmanuel. It's the Hebrew descriptive name. It promises the incarnate deity. The incarnation, God became one of us. He took on flesh. Why would the Creator who created us become one of us? God is with us. God in human form. And if you could condense all of the truths of Christmas into three words, this would be it. God with us. God is in the house. We're always excited when some celebrity comes around. God is in the house. God is here. God is with us. And the greater truth of the holiday of of Christmas is not the baby Jesus, but that the Creator came to save us. He's God. God is with us. That's what the angel told Joseph. You will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. That's why he emphasizes the virgin birth. That's why he said that he was, what's in Mary's womb was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that is important, folks. Don't let anybody tell you that that's not important because you get our, we get our bloodline from our fathers. And the reason Jesus was not born with a sinful nature is because he didn't have an earthly father. Matthew made it a point to state that Joseph went ahead and married Mary, but they did not have any kind of sexual relationship until after Jesus was born. So there was no mistaking that that child, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be a mistaking thought that that child was fathered by Joseph. You see, we're born with a sinful nature. Now, listen carefully. I believe in what there's, a, there's an age of accountability, that children are innocent until they realize what sin has separated them from God. And when a child dies, they go to heaven to be with the Lord. But when there comes a time when we realize that our sin has separated us from God, that's at different ages with different people. Did, did anyone have to teach you how to sin? No, you were born with that capability. But Jesus was born sinless, and he was tempted like you and me, but he never sinned. God is with us. That baby in the manger is the creator, the one mediator between God and man. God and man, not half and half. Fully, fully, fully God, fully man. He could pay the price for us. Savior, salvation, Emmanuel. Those are Christmas words. But Christmas centers on the word Jesus. You'll call his name Jesus. Now, did you know that that was a common Hebrew Boy's name, Yeshua, Yehoshua, meaning Jehovah is salvation. It was an earthly name, showing that Jesus was one of us, and, and but God took that common name, Jesus and made it unique and apart from any other name. Amen? Philippians two nine says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. So Jesus might have once been a common Jewish boy's name, but today it is a name above every name. It is a name that de- denotes that Jehovah in the flesh comes to take a lost world out of sin. He was born, of, of, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born, that means he's God. He's born of the Virgin Mary. He's a man. He's the God-man. He's the focal point of all history. There's nobody like Jesus. No one. To the artist, he's the one altogether lovely. To the architect, he's the chief cornerstone. To the astronomer, he's the son of righteousness. To the baker, he's the living bread. To the banker, he's the hidden treasure. To the biologist, he's the life. To the carpenter, he's the sure foundation. To the doctor, he's the great physician. To the educator, he's the great teacher. To the farmer, he's the sower and the lord of the harvest. To the florist, he's the lily of the valley and the rose of Sharon. To the geologist, he's the rock of ages. To the horticulturist, he's the true vine. To the judge, he's the righteous judge. To the juror, he's the true witness. To the jeweler, he's the pearl of great price. To the editor, he's the good tidings of great joy. To the oculist, he's the light of the eyes. To the philosopher, he's the wisdom of God. To the printer, he is the true type. To the servant, he's the good master. To the student, he's the incarnate truth. To the toiler, he's the giver of rest. To the sinner, he's the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. To the Christian, he's the son of the living God, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Lord. There's nobody like Jesus. Don't take Jesus out of Christmas. The name Jesus. There's something about that name, isn't there? Somebody ought to write a song about that. In fact, let's just sing
1: it. Sing it with me. Jesus, Jesus. Come on now. There's just something about that name. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Master, Savior, Jesus, Jesus. There we go. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms may all pass away, but there's something about that name.
0: There's no other name like Jesus. I remember the old hymn, Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and he's just the same as his lovely name, and that's the reason why I love him so. Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. You see, only Jesus and take away the sin of the world because only Jesus is sinless. Only Jesus is God, the second person of the Godhead, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Only Jesus rose from the dead. Only Jesus has ascended into heaven to be right hand of God. Only Jesus can save us, and that's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't take Jesus out of Christmas. Savior, salvation, Emmanuel, Jesus. Those weren't in that word list. (laughs) But But Christmas encourages us with two words, three words, peace and fear not. The angels appeared. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace. Boy, there's an overused word today. Peace. What we need is world peace. I agree. I agree. Scientists report that noise has a definite effect on our working efficiency. Did you know it increases the pulse, it quickens the blood pressure, and it upsets the normal rhythm of the heart? Noise. Spiritual noise has just as bad an effect on spiritual life. The man who's occupied with the things that keep him from hearing the voice of God in his heart is spiritually frustrated. It is impossible for those who are spiritually noisy to have peace of mind, of heart, and of soul. That's why God said in Psalm forty-six, ten: be still and know that I am God. Peace is one of those N words today. Some people use the word without any knowledge of how a person really gains lasting peace. You see, things can calm down for a little while and you think there's peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of God in your life. And you cannot have the peace of God until you know the God of peace. Listen to the Scripture. John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Romans 5, 1 and 2, Therefore having been justified by faith. Did y'all hear that phrase? Justified, put right with God, just as if I'd never sinned. I'm justified how? By faith. Faith, not by works, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God peace. It's not uncommon when somebody realizes they're lost and they need to be saved. They finally get to that place. And did you know you can't be saved until you know you're lost? A lot of people don't realize they need salvation because they don't realize their sin has separated them from an eternal God. But when you finally realize that and you come to the Lord and you ask God to forgive you and you believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sin, that he rose again and conquering death and you place your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ, receive him. John 1:12, as many as received him. usually the first words out of a person's mouth is, I feel such peace. (laughs) Because you know, when you have peace with God, no matter what your circumstances are around you, everything else is going to be okay. Because you know you're going to be okay. To have peace with God... And then we see those words, fear not. Isn't it interesting? When the angel appeared to Joseph, first thing he said was, don't be afraid. And when the angel appeared to Mary, first thing the angel said was, don't be afraid. When the angels appeared to the shepherds, first thing they said, don't be afraid. You know what that tells me? that an angel doesn't look like that little fat cherub with wings you've got sitting on a shelf at home. Can you imagine that? Don't be afraid. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. Angels, they're not soft. The angels... Peered and said, don't be afraid, obviously they pretty much look terrifying. Maybe not in the way they look, but the fact that you're standing before one, you're, you're, you're thinking, oh my. I mean, every time they show up in scripture, they're a force to be reckoned with. Do not be afraid, phobeo. We get our word phobia when you're afraid of something. It means to take flight, to run, to run away. (laughs) True or false, we get fur from grizzly bears. True, we get as fur away as we can. (laughs) We run away. In the Peanuts Peanuts comic strip, Charlie Brown is quizzing, Linus, he said, what if everyone was like you, Linus? What if we all ran away from our problems? What if everyone in the world suddenly decided to run away from his problems? And Linus says, well, at least we'd all be running in the same direction. <laughs> you see, there are a lot of people who are afraid. We we normally, we naturally are afraid of some things. We're, we're afraid of getting sick. It's okay. We're, we're afraid of the direction our country's going. I'm afraid of that. Sometimes we're afraid of the economy. Sometimes we're afraid of the future. But what's incredible is how many people are afraid of God. Now listen carefully. We don't have to be afraid of God. Because when God forgives you of your sin. He washes you clean. This is the God who came to rescue us. I remember growing up in the Parsonage, across the street from the church building in El Dorado, Arkansas. We had the keys to the building, obviously. My dad sometimes would send me over to the church building to do some kind of errand to get a book out of his office or put Cokes in the Coke machine or whatever. Whatever. And I you know what, and I could run through that building in the dark, never was afraid. It was especially fun when the GAs, the girls auxiliary had a sleepover in the church. Because my brother and I could run through the building and cause revival to happen in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, some of them may have surrendered to missions because we scared them so badly. I digress. I didn't mind going anywhere in that building by myself except the auditorium or the worship area because that's where God lived in my mind. If I go in there, God may put a bright light on me and call my name and I'll die right there on the spot. A lot of people are afraid of God. Now, now don't misunderstand me. The, the fear of the Lord means a healthy respect, but not in the sense of I am so afraid to see God. Let me tell you, if you're his child, if you've been saved, you have no reason to be afraid. He's the one that loved you enough to come get you. He has forgiven you. And when Jesus returns, he has forgiven you. He's not coming back to scold us. He's coming back to take us home yeah he hates sin, not making light of that. but why are we afraid of God? Fear not. The reason we're not afraid because we know there's a happy ending. You like happy endings. Y'all been watching those Hallmark Christmas movies since <laughs> July, since July. By the way, did you know a lot of those actors from Hallmark have gone to a new a new affiliate, a Great American Family channel, because a lot of them, Hallmark has changed ownership, and they're kind of getting away from some traditional values. But anyway, but both of them right now, the Christmas movies, they always have happy endings, don't they? that's why you like them. I got them all figured out. Laura and I were watching one the other night. I said, right when it starts, here's the new boyfriend. He just doesn't know it yet. Here's the boyfriend over here that's going to get jilted later. Here's the girl that's going to fall in love. And it takes them forever to get there. And then at the end, they kiss and it snows. Am I right? I, am, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. And then the credits run. I mean, it's such an abrupt ending. They're done. But it's a happy ending. We like movies like that. One little boy was going to get a new puppy for his birthday, and he went to the pet store, and they showed him a lot of puppies, and he picked the one whose tail was wagging the most. He said, why did you pick him? And he said, I want the one with the happy ending. (laughs) But folks, I want to tell you something. If you want to have a life that has a happy ending, you must know Jesus. In fact, a happy ending life starts with a new beginning in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus... What I mean by that is that there's never been a time in your life where you realize you were lost, you ask God to forgive you because of what Jesus has done. You placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, committed your life to him. If you've never done that, there's no happy ending for you. Don't take my word for it. Look at God's word. But that can change right now because that's what this is all about. Savior, salvation, Emmanuel, Jesus. Fear not. Don't be afraid. And if you don't know him, you're not going to have a real Christmas. Christmas Day comes, you open the presents, you eat whatever meal it is that's a tradition for you, it's over just like that unless you know Christ because it's all year long for you. You realize who you are in Christ. You don't have to be afraid of God. Fear not. And you have a peace that only surpasses the world's understanding. Jesus said, the world doesn't give you this kind of peace. And if you don't know him today, you can. You can have a new beginning today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, there are people today who need a new beginning They need a new start. And you are the God of a new life, a new start, a new beginning. We pray, Lord, that they would see that the forgiveness is real that comes from you and that the gift is real that comes from you and that they might commit their lives to you right now. I pray for those that need a church. You gave your life for the church. I pray for those that need to be baptized, just like these today who stood up publicly and said, I am a believer in Christ. I'm unashamed. He's changed my life. I pray others would follow that same path of obedience to you. And Lord, those of us who've been Christians a long time, thank you for refreshing our memory on the most precious gift that we have, salvation through Jesus. We pray that people would respond to you even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message.